salutations and shit folks welcome 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 back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast travel and shit where i your host d carrie have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life in the spirit of just moving on and getting on the road I hope you're watching on YouTube. As I like to remind you guys, the podcast is available on YouTube because I've got a beautiful face joining me. Hello to my beautiful guest, Aspen. Thank you for joining me. Please introduce yourself to the audience. No problem. Well, I'm Aspen of Aspen Sierra Photography, and I'm a commercial, editorial, and now travel lifestyle photographer. I'm so happy to have you here, and thank you for the good Lord's internet of Twitter for introducing us. Um, you know who, where it was? I kept hearing about you um, on the friend zone. I feel like Fran had mentioned you. And I'm just like, every once in a while, I'll just be like, let me go see who Dustin's talking about. Or let me see who Fran's talking about. And then I'll go on Twitter and I'm just like, oh my God, she is adorable. And so I'm scrolling through and I'm like, yo, her shit is so fly. Like your work is beautiful. The Thank photos you, you've got are absolutely gorgeous. Um, and I followed you and you're actually a really dope person also. So I'm happy to... Um, digitally meet you in person i guess like i don't even know what that means like how do you categorize that right like you meet someone but then it's just like it's not in person so is it still a meet but like a virtual meet i guess but i'm happy to have you here and one of the things that i have always um dabbled with in my mind is hiring a photographer when i visit a location like i've heard that that well not even heard it makes sense right especially considering whether or not the person is from there, that they would be familiar with the area or not. Have you ever done that? Like been a um, photographer that people can hire, like do Airbnb or um, Expedia or whatever to uh, like book somebody, like book you for the day or whatever? Not yet, but it's on my list. I've been getting a lot of people asking if I'm on like Airbnb experiences, like you were saying. So I'm thinking as I start traveling more this year and next year, I'm definitely going to kind of put my services up on there for certain locations I'm going to. Like I'm going to Japan for my birthday this year. I'm so excited. Ooh, yeah, so that's on my list. Uh, it's been on my bucket list since I was like 13 and like an anime nerd. So I'm like, yes. Nice. So yeah, I'm going to put my services up on there and see. Okay. So what exactly do you do? What is, because I mean, photographer, it sounds like it's out the box, you take photos. However, there are different types of photography, different exactly. types of photography require different skill sets. So what is your realm of expertise and how do you practice your art? Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny. I was actually talking to my mom about this today because I was telling her how sometimes people will recommend me all the time because they're like, I know a photographer, Aspen. And they'll be like, my cousin's baby shower or a wedding. And I was like, sorry, I don't do those. But I typically work in like the commercial and brand space. So different agencies or production companies will hire me for things. So I've worked on doing behind the scenes on TV and music video sets. I've done brand things like for Amazon. I've done events with Amazon. So through agencies with them. Uh, I recently did some work doing documentary work in Birmingham. So I do like a little bit of everything, but I typically stick to brand work. So working with agencies and I do a little bit of editorial. So sometimes with magazines, I've done a lot of work with this um, black owned magazine called Sessie magazine, which I like to call the basically teen Vogue for black girls. So they talk oh, about things for, yeah, it's basically like teen Vogue for black girls. So they'll do different show, different hair care brands, different articles geared towards black teens. So I loved working with them and kind of building up my editorial work that way. 
And so now that I've decided I want to move more into the travel space, just because I'm like, my life is moving more into travel. I'm on my little path trying to become a digital nomad. So I'm moving more into photographing the things that I see while I'm traveling or the people I see while I'm traveling. And then I'm always coming across people that need photos. So like right. recently I did, a, I shot a brand campaign with an, a travel influencer that was working with Jeep in Utah. And so mm-hmm. Jeep like flew us out to Utah. It was actually my second time working in Utah. So it was, it was really fun to kind of come back to the place that inspired me to actually kind of get into travel photography. And so we were out there in the rocks, the terrain in Jeep. So I was getting photos like brand photos of like the Jeeps, her in the Jeeps, helping her film like TikToks and things on the side, but mostly like photographic work. So I think I'm going to start doing more things in that vein as long alongside like my own kind of personal work. Okay. So first of all, pause. This is a, <laughs> a podcast fave. I mention her so often and she was a guest back when Travel and Shit was a little baby podcast. Yes! So shout out to Gabby. Hey, boo. Yes, I love her. Hey, Gabby. Um, Girl twins. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we both have the same birthday. I'm just a year earlier. Oh, so you're a Leo. Yes, Leo gang gang. We out here. Leo. The best. Yes. I'm always um, with Leos. Like, we travel in packs. I tell people, like, because we're, we're like, we're we're we find we each other. Ooh, we find each other. We are. One of the things. Oh, so another tangent. <laughs> Pardon us, uh, audience. One of the things that always tickled me was people used to say things to me like, oh, you must be love being the center of attention, yada, yada, yada. Like, no, opposite. I hate being the center of attention. So I was doing my <laughs> chart and I don't know which is which. I know Taurus is one and then Aquarius is another. I feel like Aquarius Ooh, yes. is the rising and Taurus is my son or what? I don't know, whatever it was. But then it started to make more sense. Whichever mm-hmm. it was that is how people perceive you was or how you perceive yours. I don't know. One of the, I one think of the rising signs is how mine. people perceive you. And I think the moon is how you feel internally. Okay, that sounds right. I, I think, think that's, that's Taurus then. Because I'm a Gemini rising, and I feel like people perceive me that way. They always like don't know that I'm a Leo until I say I'm a Leo. And they're like, you okay, don't perceive. And then until I get around people I'm comfortable with, they're like, Leo. <laughs> Follows. It tracks. Right. So back to the topic. <laughs> right. Thank you for <laughs> indulging us. Um, how did you get into photography? And how did, and not just like, how did you, so two-part question. How did you get into photography? But then how did you get into making it your profession? Because I love taking photos. However, I've never been committed enough to really, F stop. As soon as it's like, as soon as we get past there, I'm like. Because math is not my subject. I went to art school. So I'm like, math, what is that? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So please, how did you get into photography? Uh, Yeah. So when I was probably about, I think it was probably like 10th grade, my parents got me my first like DSLR to kind of play around with because I had like a little point and shoot before that I would play around with that school, like take pictures of my friends, do like little videos. You know, this was like the like late 2000s, early 2010s. We were just like making videos, Soulja Boy in the background. This was before like YouTube was like, you can't play no music. Like... (laughs) Like, I could put my music on there, and then eventually they were like, we got to snatch this down, girl. Like, RCA said no. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was making, like, little videos of me and my friends taking pictures, and I realized I really like taking pictures. And then my parents got me this camera, so I was like, okay, I'm going to start taking this a little more seriously. Like, this was a camera that had 
you know, the lens that you could actually remove. Cause the, the point shoots, like it comes out the camera, like it's all together. Right, right. So now I'm like, Ooh, I'm doing it big. I got a camera with like a lens that detaches. I mean, it's just a kit lens. So it's not really like fancy, but to me, like 15 year old me, I was like, I'm excited. So 20 something year old me was excited to get my DSLR. <laughs> so seen, get it. Literally, I had like a Nikon D3000. And so I was like super excited about it. And at this time, I was also watching America's Next Top Model. That was like my favorite mm. show ever. I was just like, yes. You know, even though now I'm like, girl, you was doing a lot, Tyra. Like, you were doing a lot. The person that came to my mind was terrorists. Like, they were so fucking terrorists. evil to those girls. Oh, yes. I was just like, this is interesting. Right doing a lot but my brain didn't comprehend like girl you was doing a lot yeah it just at the time culturally we weren't there it was just we went with it we were watching it like oh my god it's so great to be behind the scenes and see how it right. works this is what the do it. model industry is like and it's like now that i know actual models they're like girl that's crazy it was not like that no okay cool this was for tv but yes i used to love watching that show and i was like oh i want to be involved in like the fashion industry but i'm like i'm five two they weren't really having petite models back then. So I was like, that's not going to happen. And I'm like, I have no sense of style. So being a stylist was definitely not on the radar. But I saw Nigel Barker and he was the main photographer of like the early seasons. And he would like kind of guest judge the early seasons. And I was like, I want to do what he does. And so that was kind of like my first interest in like being a photographer. And at the time I had originally wanted to be like a writer. I wanted to be a journalist. And so once I started doing photography more, I was like, okay, I can kind of mesh these together and kind of be like a photojournalist. But as I started like getting more interested in photography, I was like, well, I don't know, especially in my, I took a journalism class in high school and I realized I'm not good at being objective. <laughs> so I would write articles and like do the photography to match it. And it just, I wasn't being objective. Like I would always kind of put my opinion in there. I think this was around when Obama was first about to be president. And so we had to do like an article about you know, the different candidates. And I was like, I can't be objective on this. So, right. <laughs> like, okay, so maybe photojournalism isn't for me. Cause I'm like, I know I probably can't report on things that I'm like this. I can't be like objective and factually correct on things where I'm like, mm -hmm. mm, this is a hot mess. So I was like, okay, I'm really interested in fashion. I really loved fashion magazines at the time, like nylon magazine, 17, like, you know, typical like teen, but like some fashion magazines. And I was really interested in, the advertisements in there. So like the different hair ads for like Tresemme and like Garnier or Aussie. Herbal like I was Essence. Like, yes, Herbal Herbal Essence had them ads. Yes. Right. Hello. They got me every time. I was like, now nah, you know this stuff don't work for your hair. But I'm like, it smells good. <laughs> Listen, that coconut one. Listen, that the conditioner kind of works though. I'm not even gonna lie. And then that Aussie three minute moist, she's still that girl. Yes. Yes. Now that shit, girl. That's one thing. Like I'm trying. Never, to play, I know I can find the purple bottle and the blue bottle were my staples. Yes. Those were my go-to's when I was a curly. Don't miss doing hair, but listen, that made it easy. <laughs> listen, that Aussie three minute moist. She'll get you together. Uh huh. But I love the advertisements, and I was like, I want to shoot those, and so. I was living like in the south side of like Atlanta. So for those from Atlanta, I was in Clayton County because, you know, they'd be like, where are you really from in Atlanta? Like when you outside of Atlanta, you say Atlanta. But when you in Atlanta, you're like, I'm from the south side. Like, okay. you'll have all my red the gray be like, you're not from Atlanta. Like, girl, leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I, I was near SCAD. So the Savannah College of Art and Design, they had a campus in Atlanta. So everyone, you know, if you know about art schools in the south, you know, SCAD is like one of the biggest ones. They're probably comparable comparable to like RISD 
or like how arts or stuff like that. And so I was like, oh, I looked at their curriculum. I was like, well, this is one of the few art schools where I feel like it talks more about creative careers and like really building your career versus like fine art. Cause I'm like, I don't do fine art. It's not really like my interest, but I wanted to go to this school. Cause I was like, I feel like I could really advance career wise. I liked their curriculum. And I also liked that you could start your major like your second quarter cause they were on a quarter system. So they had three quarters a year. So fall, spring, fall, winter, spring something like that and then you can do like some quarter if you wanted to mm-hmm. but I was really interested in their curriculum versus like going to state school and having to take like general ed classes for like your first two years and I'm like well this is dumb I don't want to waste my money these two years right. and take these math and sciences classes and even though the art school like they had those classes but I tested out of a lot of it because I had like AP credits yeah, or yeah. some of them just like didn't really apply so I was like yes I'd rather take you know arts foundations and stuff and art history classes than have to take like a random site class I'm never going to use again. Right. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go to art school. So when was it? 2012, I went to SCAD, graduated in 2016. And then I kind of stayed around the Atlanta area for a little while. And I was actually doing like branding photography. So I worked with a lot of small businesses kind of getting photography for their websites headshots. I was also working with a couple like local bloggers and influencers. And that's kind of how like I really got my start. And it was mostly with black women, of course, because you know, they always, they hold you down. And it's like, listen, the community, listen, we got each other together because it's like, we both needed a service. I was still building up my portfolio. They were building up their businesses. It was just like a perfect match at the time. And then I knew I always wanted to like move away from Atlanta because I'd been in the area or at least Georgia for most of my life. And then I was just ready for a change. And I knew I either wanted to go to L.A. or New York. And originally it was going to be New York because I originally wanted to, when I wanted to be a journalist, I wanted to go to NYU because that was just like the epitome of like, you go to NYU, you go be a journalist, and then you go live your best like Carrie, Sex in the City life, write in your column. Like, I really thought I was going to be her. Like, I was going to be in New York. Then I realized how expensive. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I realized how expensive that NYU was. I was like, you know what? Maybe New York's not for me. I don't know. Not yet. Right. But like fast forward to like about 2019, I was like, okay, I'm definitely ready to move. Oh, look at me. I'm skipping all kind of stuff. So after I got out of college and I was doing the freelancing thing, I decided I was like, okay, let me try and do like the day job route. Let me just see. Mm-hmm. So I tried to get into marketing because I felt like what I was doing is essentially like visual marketing. So I got a job doing as a marketing coordinator in like a real estate firm. Big mistake. <laughs> Hoo-cha. Oh, first of all, that company was a hot mess. They were definitely underpaying me. I was doing way more work that didn't, I felt like I was more like an administrative assistant, but I don't know. But then the administrative assistant at the company, like, babe, we're not did. And I was like, all she's doing is shopping online. I'm like, I could do her job. And make more money. Yeah, they were just taking advantage of you as a new. They were just, and I was like young and dumb at the time. I didn't really know how much I probably should have been paid and what I was supposed really supposed to be doing with that role. And so I did that role for like a year, but I was like miserable the whole time. I'm like, is this what day jobs are like? Like this is this is not cute. Mm -mm. It's not still ain't. They, yeah, they they were here. Listen, it was, and I like I tried because you know your family was always like that stability, and like I had a job previously before that. For like a short amount of time, like I was in-house as a product photographer. So that was probably like my first job, like as a photographer. Right. That didn't really work out either. I was like, man, like what? Do, am I allergic to jobs? Like, what is this? I'm like, maybe it is. But 2019, I decided, all right, I'm kind of 
ready for a change. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to either go to LA or New York. And I was applying for a job at a skincare company as like a social marketing associate. Cause I'm like super obsessed with skincare and it was a Korean skincare company. So I love Korean skincare. If y'all follow me on Instagram, y'all know all about the skincare, moisturize, 10 steps, all that. So I, I was like, this job would be perfect for me. I go to New York. 10 steps. Yeah. Little tap. Listen, the 10 steps, that's a whole other like, Cleanser, moisturizer, serums, toners, mask, like the whole 10 step thing. I don't do that now though, but back then I was very obsessed with it. It was a lot. I don't yuck anyone's yummy. <laughs> it was a lot. I'm just not that. Girl. I was doing a lot. Now I've, I've dialed it down because I'm like, girl, you were doing a lot. That was a lot of no, steps. I don't necessarily have time for a that. Lot. I think it's just a person now. It's part of a person. I think that that. No, I think the best way that I could describe the way I envision that is that that has to be part of your personality. Right. I just am not committed to, I just, just like give myself a little pat on the back for washing my face at night for most of March. Fuck April. But most of March, we're just going to ignore the entire month that just passed. But most of March, I washed my face every night. And yeah, God bless y'all. But you know what I started using? Um, And you'd be a great person to ask and since it's your thing. Ooh. I like Exora BB. Thank you, yes, my For recommending. I for her too. So I'm like, that's my girl. Oh, really? Nice. Because the site is so freaking cute. It is. I really enjoy the product. Like it smell. It the smell doesn't. It's not like a candy smell, but it's still like a nice, inviting smell, if you will. Ooh, I yeah, I like that. So I do. I just that, and then the the lotion. That's it. And then shea butter at night, which I feel like might be clogging my pores. I don't know, but I don't want to. Girl, sorry. Okay, back to the travels. I was like, don't get me started because I will take a whole tangent and talk about skincare. Because you know on Twitter, will they be like, what's one thing you could talk about for like hours and hours and like nobody stop you? I'm like, it's skincare and like moisture. So then, okay, we could also tack that on because where you Koreans, first of all, I feel like America doesn't, what does America have that's very American other than racism? Um, I mean, like, <laughs> right. So I feel like I watched something about uh, Korean skincare someplace, and then that's when I figured out it was actually like a thing, right? It was mm-hmm. like a process. And the most about skincare that I've considered in terms of travel is mo- keeping my face uh, moisturized, like on a plane with like rose water. Yeah, but haven't done it because. I've been looking for rose water that isn't like $75 for like an ounce that I would have. Right. So again, me, like I was saying, personalities, like I'm just not that invested to spend that in it. But now that I'm getting older, my skin is doing things it's never done before. I've never, we'll do that. My face has never broken out like it does now. And it is something that now I see I have to pay attention to. And 30-year-old me, 35-year-old me was just like, oh, they said it was going to go downhill when I got old and I'm still glowing out here, bitch. Not no more. Mm -hmm. What are some of the different regions that 
maybe outside of Korea that are known for their skincare and have you dabbled in those? Ooh, so other than Korean skincare, Japanese skincare, definitely. So they're very similar in like philosophy of like moisturizing the skin and doing things in layers because American skincare is very like stripping or like dealing with problems after the fact. So if you have acne, you want to dry it after the fact. Whereas I feel like Asian beauty in general is more about like preventative and like kind of healing the skin naturally so that's where you'll see people that have like the patches so that way you're not picking at your face which a lot of people in the probably the western side like to pick and touch at their face and like that's inflaming everything more right but yeah i definitely think like i don't know what what the asian skincare community like they got it on lock like whatever they doing like i'm finna look 12 forever like right (laughs) between that and genetics i'm finna be looking 12 we'll loop back to the skincare because i am intrigued (laughs) But um, the last thing you were talking about was uh, doing some product photo in-house. And I had mentioned like Zora BB and I feel like you were up to, to uh, 2019. Okay. So 2019. Okay. So I did, I worked in-house as a product photographer for like a jewelry, like a costume jewelry brand that didn't really work out. Then I kind of like was going back to freelancing and kind of, you know, retail, you know, I've done plenty of years of retail between J Crew, Madewell, I've done a little bit of food service. So I've been all over the place. But then mm-hmm. 2019, I decided I was going to leave that marketing job and I was going to move to either New York or LA. And so I was up for a job at a Korean skincare company. And then I was like, it was like me and one other person, they were up to like last final interviews and I ended up not getting it. But I had told myself before, I was like, even if I don't get the job, like I'm still going to move. I don't, I don't know where I'm going, but um, one of the two. So I had already put in my notice with my apartment because I was like, yes, like I got to do something to make sure like I'm not coming back. So I oh, put yeah. in the notice. Of my, I was like, listen, I'm leaving. Regardless. I'm leaving regardless. I was like, six. Here's the sixty day notice. Like whatever you need, that's it. I'm already start packing because so, I was going somewhere. I told my aunt because my mom's side of the family lives in like South Central LA. And I've been telling her for years, I was like, I'm gonna come move out there. Like, don't, you know, keep a room for me. And so I literally told her this time, I was like, I am serious this time. So if I don't get this job in New York, I'm going to be coming in August. I think it was like August, September, 2019. And so I ended up not getting the job. So I like called my great aunt and I was like, hey, so I didn't get that job. But so I will be coming for, you know, I think it was like April, not April, August, September, something like that. But then I started applying for jobs in LA because I was like, okay, I know I'm going to be moving to LA. Already started packing, still applying for jobs, even though like, girl, you know, I'm not going to be keeping no job. I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. In my brain, I keep doing this. Backup plan, backup plan, preparation. Right. Uh And so I ended up applying for this social media job at a social impact firm. And so they did a lot of work with celebrity owned um foundations and stuff so like corporate giving like social impact kind of stuff so i'd be doing social on like their different accounts so it was like an agency and so i ended up getting the job there and so i was like yes i got a job lined up right when i get there and so i'm like i moved to la and then i was like oh yeah this job isn't it either so like literally six weeks later i'm gone i'm like asking why you keep doing this to yourself so i was doing whatever i could to stay at la and i also during the six weeks moved into an apartment so I was supposed to be wow. still on towels for like, I was going to, I told myself like six months while I like got myself together, found a place. But then I was in like one of these like black Facebook groups for like black people in LA looking for apartments. And I saw like a really cute one. I was like, I'm just going to look, I'm just going to look. And then my aunt's like, as soon as she saw me go look, she was like, she ain't going to be here that long. Like she know. Mm-mm. 
Because I know I'm very, like, I like to be in my own space, like, to do my own thing. So, like, yeah, we knew she was going to be gone. So, literally a month after I got there, I got an apartment. And then probably, like, two weeks later, I quit that job. Because I was like, this ain't it. So, I was over there doing Postmates delivery, doing whatever I could, trying to, like, build my freelancing a little bit. So, I started to get a little bit of client work and kind of building myself through, like, different social media platforms, like Facebook. Probably not. Twitter so much yet, but definitely a lot of like different Facebook groups, letting people know that I'm here and I was working retail and stuff at the time. And then what was it? March? Yep. March, 2020, everything shut down. And I was like, wow, six months after I get to LA pandemic, what is this? And at the time I was working at the Glossier store in LA and I was like, oh, this is just going to be like a couple weeks, whatever. It was not a couple weeks. Yeah, it was very, it's a very interesting time, but I was still like kind of hopeful. I was like, I don't want to go back to Atlanta. Like, let me just kind of like stay and stick it out. And like California was very good about kind of really helping people out during the pandemic, whether it was unemployment or like food stamps and stuff like that. Because when you think about LA, a lot of those people are freelancers, contractors for these different productions, these different networks and stuff. So like, listen, if we couldn't eat we were all gonna go back home and that was gonna be the end of hollywood like people think it's all the big networks it's like all these people on these crews like if we're not working if we can't work we're not getting money we're gonna go back home so i was what was i doing i was trying to like still kind of get some work but i was mostly working with like a roommate at the time she was an influencer so i would shoot some of her like campaigns that she was getting at to kind of like shoot at home so we would go around like the apartment or the neighborhoods we lived in like east la at the time so we would kind of shoot stuff because everything's kind of like that like spaniard style like stucco kind of stuff so we're shooting like cute stuff in there for like her social campaigns and stuff and she would just kind of slide me a little bit off of like whatever she got paid so that was kind of mostly what i was doing at the time and then I think it was later on in 2020, was it September? I think it was September. So one of my friends that I made via Twitter, that's when I really started kind of tapping into Twitter. She was a music photographer at the time and she went out of town. She was like visiting family. And so she referred me to like this gig to like shoot behind the scenes on a music video. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool. I've never done that before. And so I got the call like the night before, like literally probably like a couple hours before the call time, maybe like six hours or so. And so she like the director hit me up was like, are you available? And I was like, sure. So she gives me the the paperwork and stuff. She's like, oh, yeah, it'll be like, you know, a small like rap music video. And then I look on the call sheet and it's Flo Millie. And I was like, wait, y'all playing. Y'all playing with me right now. Because I'm like, I love Flo Millie. Like, that's my girl. Like, this was like first album, Flo Millie. I was like, that's my girl. Like, I don't know who that is. <gasps> what? Oh, my God. So like, I'm trying to think of like what song. Um, so I did the music video for like May I and like Send the Addy. I'm trying to think of she has a song out right now with Young Baby Tate called like I Am. Like I feel like you've pro- I feel like you've heard it, but you don't know it's Flo Millie. Like maybe she, or maybe not. Very young. I was like, she's very young, like Gen Z. So she's probably like you might not even really like hear much from her, but. Yeah. The girl, the girls that know some of your listeners probably gonna know. They might, they might know. I, I promise they do. <laughs> I never saw myself being this when eighteen-year-old me was like, "Bitch, I'm gonna always know who everybody is." My kids Let's gonna think I'm like so popping because I'm always gonna know who the songs <laughs> and the rappers. 
and the dancers. I'm gonna know the actors, and I'm fucking wrong. Clueless. Listen, I, I have on, no idea. I just out. I don't be knowing who they are now. So yeah, every I'm, every now and then, some slip through the crack. Like I'm still trying to learn a little bit about Ice Spice and stuff. Like I don't really be knowing who the who the people are. But Flo Millie was one that I'm I was like, with I like Ice Spice because I'm in New York. So See, it's. Yeah, and like she's more. Yeah, I feel like Flo Millie is like Southern. So, but she's getting more okay, like from, okay. Yeah, because she's from like Alabama, but like now she's in Atlanta and stuff. But she's like becoming like more big. So it's like I like her. Like I like I, I like the new rap girls, like her and like Lotto and stuff. I like her. Okay. Yeah, so I got I, to shoot. Don't BTS. listen to music. Like <laughs> I'm late I'm to everything. When an album comes out, music. I'm late. Not as no, late I'm as late to everything. <laughs> Not as late as me. <laughs> like 2000 and late. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, how was that experience? And how, like, oh, was so it like? Fun. I don't want to say hard not to fangirl, but that's another thing. Like, now that you're doing more um, industry gigs or more professional gigs, or you know, gigs with large brands, like, how do you not? I don't want to say how do you not because, I mean. <laughs> I live in New York, so it's just like you see somebody famous, and it's just like, oh, that's cool. That's how it was in LA. Like you see famous people all the time, and you can tell like who hasn't been there long enough because like they freak out. But it's like yeah. when I used to work at Glossier store, it was right on Melrose, and you would see like celebs all the time. Like Solange came in the store one night, which I was mad because it was the one day I wasn't working. I was like, y'all didn't call me for the shift, y'all. Solange is here. I was upset. Oh. <laughs> I was like, y'all don't really like the way y'all do coworkers because y'all should have known to put me on the schedule. Yeah. I ended, so I work in Manhattan and every once in a while we get famous people in there. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I'd say Tony Shalhoub was so nice. I want to say, was it Maxwell? mad nice i think the one person that i don't want to say i fangirled out to but like i would because i work uh with a partner at my job and i'm uh dominique jackson when i tell you i would not stop talking about how excited i was to see her my partner ended up behind my back telling her like, yo, she like, <laughs> she's been talking about you all freaking day. So Aww. when she was passing on her way out, she stopped and she spoke to me and she was like, do you want to take a picture? And I was just like, absolutely. Hold on one second, boss. I'll be right back. Fuck right, me. Right. We can go. I was just like, because I'm going to be gone for a minute. And we ran outside and we took a picture. Oh, that's so cute. Sweet, like, she was my favorite celebrity that I think that I've met. And she is so, she was so, so kind, just like nice person. And I've seen a lot of celebrities that are just like dry and nasty. Like, I don't expect you to be my best friend, but just like, good morning. Can you whatever, whatever. And okay. I didn't even ask for anything. I didn't ask for uh, right. What do you call the, the sign? Like autograph. autograph. I didn't ask for no pictures. I'm not trying to chat it up. I'm just saying good morning. And wow, you're just, I'm not even here. Cool. Doing too much. Cool. Right. Not I feel like most of the celebs I've like met randomly have been like super nice. Like when I worked at Georgetown Cupcake back in Atlanta, like Usher came in one day and I was like, I had to bring up his order. And I was like, <laughs> right. How many? Must be like, Cheesecake. Cupcake. <laughs> 
Yeah, he was super nice. But I'm like, I feel like I've met mostly nice celebrities. I haven't really dealt with anybody that was like stank. Okay. I'm thinking of one that I hate, but I'm not going to say that. But come on. Yes. I'll tell you later. Later, right, girl. <laughs> but yeah, shooting um, the Flow Billy music video, I feel like that's the one photo like people really like started noticing me for. Because there was okay. this shot like at, at night. So originally our call, our that our set time was supposed to be from like 7 a.m. to like 7 p.m. And then she showed up like a couple hours late. So we had to like shift everything. So we weren't even originally supposed to be shooting at night. It was supposed to be all during the day. So I, probably like the last scene, which I think it worked out for like a good reason because like the lighting, everything looked amazing. Nice. So we ended up shooting probably till like about 10 p.m. But when we were getting ready for like the last, um, like the last scene, they were like, okay, like the, the associate producer was like, okay, like if photographers, because it was me and another girl um, shooting BTS, if like now is the time if you want to get any shots of her, like get them. So I like pulled her, flow Millie aside. Like I was like, oh, do you mind me taking a few photos of you? She was like, sure. So, you know, she was like doing her thing. I was like capturing everything. And I got this one shot that like everybody knows where it's like you see the moon up top. And then she's like in this like cute, like orange outfit with like the long, you know, hair flowing, matching hat. And she's like in these like cute, like, like clear heels and like everything is just like aligning gorgeous and beautifully like skin popping. And I was like, this is the shot. This is the shot. Then I posted on Twitter, like my Twitter blew up. (laughs) Nice. Like everybody was like, that's the shot. That's the shot. And I was like, okay, you know, I could do this. This little BTS thing. So like that shoot kind of like cemented me getting into BTS more. And I think that's what eventually got me to do um, BTS for like an episode or two of the first season of Bel Air. And so that was like kind of my second time really working on like, (laughs) so that was the one where it was like, oh my God. Like, so that was like super exciting. But at the time I was working, I got another job. I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. (laughs) I'm notorious for like I'm like I feel like it's the Caribbean blood in me like you always keep a job (laughs) always keep a job multiple jobs freelancing whatever so I was also working in-house at a black owned skincare company at the time but I was like well this is an opportunity I can't like pass up so I took like but I had just recently started at I think that job so I didn't really have a lot of like PTO time but I had some sick time so I was like (laughs) I'm sick (laughs) and then we had a work from home day like in the middle of the week Cause it was two separate days that I shot on. So one day I used the sick day and was like, <laughs> and then the other day I was like, Oh, we're going to work from home. And then that day they decided they want to have a meeting. And I was like, really? So during like my lunch break during onset, I was like in my car with the laptop, like, uh-huh. on the meeting. <laughs> like I was, I was working it. Right. And it's like, Do it's a big set. So nobody's really noticing what you're doing, what you're not right, doing. Right. It's like whatever pictures you get upload them at the end of the day. So I was like, multitasking do what i had to do but that set was so much fun i got to meet like ollie who does who's the actor for carlton i got to meet coco jones and i was just like oh they were so much fun and like so nice and everybody was like who is this like random girl on set like i'm like oh the you know the so nbc had hired me so i guess the like associate director that day didn't really know i was supposed to be there he like he had a little attitude but i was like i think he was just mad because i was getting along so well with like the crew but i'm like it's a black show I'm black and we're around similar ages because we're all in our 20s. So I'm like, of course, I'm going to be able to kiki with them and get right. rapport better than you, old white man. Like, like how about let me do my job? Like, right. did, did you not think that this was not going to translate into great photos? Like, And I'm like, that's why NBC hired me. They wanted black photographers to come on for some of the episodes to like get a different perspective because it's like right. our shots are going to look different than some of the other 
you know, usual like still or BTS photographers. So it, you have to bring your own lighting and stuff with you. So for lighting, it's like you're using whatever lighting is available for whatever they're shooting. Cause it's like, you don't want to distract whatever they're doing on set. So it's like, you kind of have to just adjust your own settings in camera. Oh, that's, that's. Yeah, it was a good learning experience just kind of being on like a TV set because it's very different than music video set where sometimes depending on like what, um, you know, agency or whatever the the label is, it might be a little bit more lax. So okay. it was really fun to work on like the NBC set. Like they fed us so well. I was like, now I mm. see why y'all be doing these jobs because like breakfast was lit. They had lunch was lit. Services is like they had snacks outside. We had a hot potato bar, so I was getting sweet potatoes and all kind of chips, snacks, whatever you needed. Whenever they you know call a cut, we would go outside have snacks. I took a whole bunch home because listen, this part of my pay too. So I had a whole bag. I took everything. Old on benefits, like I ain't getting dental, right? So I'm gonna get, I'm gonna let listen, me, let me cause like Denzel be saying, I'm leaving here with something, okay? I'm leaving here with something. I left with everything that wasn't nailed down. <laughs> so when did you start doing travel photography? When did you start realizing that, you know what? I want to be mobile. I don't necessarily want to be location dependent. What was it for you that made you want to make that shift? Ooh, so part of it was when I was still at that um, Black-owned skincare company, we did a trip to Utah, actually. So we went to Park City, Utah. It was like January of 2022. Yeah, January 2022. And so I was like, we were taking photos for like different campaigns and we were doing, showing like sunscreen and stuff and different skincare products on, you know, Black people showing them that, you know, you can use different products and things while you're out you know, it's not just for, you know, the summertime or whatever. So we're doing a lot of different photos and things, you know, on ski slopes, just being out in like colder oh, weather. Wow. And I was like, yeah. oh, it was so amazing. They were some of my favorite photos that I took. And I was like, I could do this more. Like, and I love just like photographing black people doing things that you don't necessarily see them doing. Cause like, other than us, there was maybe one other black person at the Park City, like ski resort we were at. And they immediately came over just like, Black people? Yes. Like, we need to talk. And I was like, I love us. I love us. Everywhere we go, we link up. Yep. It was such a, a fun experience to, like, get those pictures. I was like, wow, like, I could really do more of this. And at the time, I was already starting to want to travel more because I'm, I'm a military kid. So my mom and my stepdad were both in the Army for, like, 20 years. And I was always mad that I never got to go abroad because all my other military brat friends, they were like, oh, we... We went to school in like Italy or like Japan or like the Philippines or something. And I was like, I went to school in Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, Louisiana, like nothing exciting, like just mostly around the South and then just visiting family in like California. And I was like, I feel like I just missed out on being able to be like travel abroad. And so I really started to get that itch during I the pandemic. I could see that. But I feel like as someone who has always lived in New York, that being able to experience i won't say different regions but even like louisiana is not north carolina it surely is not they are not nor is it georgia so i think even being able to experience all those different um states do you think that that's played any role in how easy it is for you to get along with people and how easy it is for you to adapt as a photographer in different locations different settings Definitely. That's the one thing I always say, like being a military kid, it really taught me to like adapt to new situations very quickly, kind of learn the lay of the land. Like, I was really a quiet kid growing up, but I was always like very observant before I kind of really jumped into things. And now that I like I have a little bit more 
personality I'm a little less shy so now I can like jump into things a little bit quicker but I've always been able to like really kind of notice things like adjust very quickly and kind of like pop into different places and so I feel like it really helped me because every two or three years I was moving schools states having to learn new things so it's like it's something that's kind of always stayed with me and so I feel like it kind of gives me that spirit of a traveler okay how do you what do you think I don't know if shapes is the right word but what do you think I guess guides or directs your eye like when you take your photos what do you think necessarily draws your attention to what it is you see when you look through your lens Ooh, definitely a nice scenery. I feel like I love taking environmental portraits. So I love taking photographs of people, but I love having them in like a very interesting environment, whether that's Mm -hmm. a space inside of a building, whether that's in nature, whether that's in the car, just somewhere that looks visually interesting to me. I feel like I always notice like a scenery first and then I'm like, okay, who can I put in there? Where I feel like some photographers will see like a model or a person first and then kind of build it around them. But I feel like I always built it around like scenery. What's been like, what are some of the, like, when you say that, what comes to mind? What have been some of your favorite scenes and environments to shoot? Ooh, well in LA we used a lot. So when I did like some studio work, I used to love peer space because it was an easy place to like rent different like sets. So it could be like a cool like lifestyle room. Well, because there was this one shoot that I did. It was um, another photographer's birthday photos, like which I really don't usually do. But I was like, you know, we cool. I'm gonna shoot some of your photos. And so we booked this really cool like pure space because she had this like outfit. And I was like, ooh, this would go perfect. And so like we just kind of like vibed off of that because she also wanted to like get into modeling. And I was like, well, these photos are great. You need to submit these to like modeling agencies. So we kind of like worked around that, kind of moved around the space, and it was just. Uh, such like a fun experience but like seeing different setups like that so I would love to work with like a set designer one day for like studio type stuff but I also when I first got into photography like I didn't know anything about lighting so I would shoot a lot of natural light stuff so different things in nature and so you know when you first start out you're like oh this flower is pretty this animal is cute like when I look back at my old um, portfolio that I submitted to art school, I'm like, girl, like whenever I need like a good, like, girl, you're doing great. Like I always go back and look at that. Cause I'm like, they should not have let you in here, girl. Like this was, yes, they should have. They saw the potential. I'm like, I'm pretty sure they let me in just because I was like top 10% of my class, like academically. So like, we can help you. slide that in there. Okay. I have a good GPA, you know, other than math, everything else was good. <laughs> math on my strong suit. Once I started adding letters and imaginary stuff in there, I was like, you lost me. Just Listen, keep me with money. My change is supposed to be, I know how to tip and I can find out the sale That's price. That's it. So honestly, I That's think it. I'm good. Right. I was like, I can I, do the both You don't use the Pythagorean theory. Never. No. Never. At all. Yeah, one we thing that I always get a fucking chuckle out of is my teachers used to always tell me, you're not going to have a calculator in your pocket. You have to learn how to do the mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm looking at my little iPhone yeah, right here. Calculator. I can do my currency conversions. All this right here. It. Now Listen. look at you. But how are they exactly. supposed to know, right? But they right. were so wrong because we didn't even need any of the shit that we were doing on the fucking calculators anyway. But None all of that. that out of the way. What is it that you feel like is or has been like your biggest challenge in photography? I'd probably say my biggest challenge, especially just like 
even just being a black woman in the space is just like getting people to take a chance on you when they're used to like working with certain people. And I felt that especially during the pandemic, cause like crews were like really lean. They weren't really taking chances on people. And then also during the pandemic is when I joined the group black women photographers. That's when like it was founded. So that was like a collective I'm a part of, of different black women across, you know, the United States and honestly across the world, different continents of people that just wanted to come together and like, fuel resources kind of help each other just in this space because during the pandemic we were all like what are we going to do because a lot of us were very early career and we're like we don't know what we're going to do for work and so that collective was started by this amazing woman named polly who is now one of the photographers in the white house so like she photographs yes so like i don't know if she got that because of her success with black women photographers but like she's killer she works in the the vp's office so she does like photography and stuff so like she was recently like in ghana like photographing like vp kamala's like visit there and i was just like you killing a girl like i always i always saw the amazingness in you she must have gotten that picture of her with fat joe that i saw floating around someplace she might have another girl that do a lot of the shots so it might have been her but like she been killing it you you kind of touched on what i was going to ask next what has your experience been like as a black woman in a lot of these settings? Because I know a lot of times mm. as a black woman that's been in settings, people look at you like, oh, so can I help you? Oh, no, actually, I'm supposed to be here. Can I help you? You know what I mean? Have you had any of that happen? What is, how has it been navigating having to assert yourself in the space as a professional? Mm. Ooh, child, I could talk about this all day. And like some of it, I want you to didn't have to, honestly. <laughs> Sadly, but yeah, sometimes I think part of it is also because I look like very young for my age. So a lot of it's like, oh, I get mistaken for like the intern on set or the assistant. But sometimes it's just like being a black woman on set. They're like, oh, hair and makeup's that way. And I'm like, you see with all this camera gear, why would I be hair and makeup? Right. Like I'm clear. I like when I go on set, I'm very like about my business. I'm wearing my all black because when you're on set, you wear all black. You don't need no flashy colors pull my hair back like I'm like makeup's not done like I clearly don't look like I do hair and makeup but it's like you're always I'm always getting pushed over there I'm like actually I'm this person on set then they're like checking the call sheet and then someone comes over who like knows I'm supposed to be there I'm like oh yeah she's with us but I'm like why do I need somebody to validate that I'm supposed to be here when I know I'm supposed to be here just because you don't know and like even they may not even be somebody that's like high up on the call sheet it could be like another crew member and I'm like we're on the same level here. Like, this is why are your you job to check why? I'm like, why are you questioning why I should be here? You see me with my camera. Like, I don't need to show you like, oh, who you shot at, who I've shot, like doing all this kind of stuff. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. Like, we're all here trying to, you know, get this money, network, do whatever. Like, you don't have to be, it's not your job. You know, there's always that one kid in the class that like has to be like, mm, you know, substitute teacher when the teacher's there. Like, like you don't have to do that oh, in adult. Over our uh, homework from yesterday. Right, like sit down. I was like a very nerdy kid. I was never that kid. I was never the one like, oh, we still had no. homework to do. Because I'm like, girl, y'all ain't no. gonna give me that. never, <laughs> never. I like, don't care so how I did in school, and I too excelled academically. But tell me, I never. I ain't volunteering Listen. shit. If you ain't asking, mm-hmm. I ain't telling. I, right. well, I'm still getting paid. Do it. So hello. <laughs> Right, I'm still getting my A's. I don't need to make it hard for everybody else. Solidarity, baby. Team exactly. player. 
Exactly. So outside of just being, not just, but outside of being a military kid, what was your travel experience like? Did you grow up traveling or was moving around for schools and life your travel? So a little bit of both. So like a lot of moving around different states. Well, I've lived in probably a good chunk of states. And then we do, we love doing a lot of road trips as a kid. So we were always doing road trips, traveling around. And then with my mom's side of the family being from California, we would go probably like once or twice a year and visit them in like the LA-ish area. So that was probably my only foray into like the West Coast because most of my travel was probably like in the South, a little bit of like Midwest-ish, I guess if Indiana counts. I never know. Is Indiana Midwest? Maybe? One of them. Me? I mean, Listen, me and, me and geography maps. <laughs> which I should probably get better at, but you know, I always blame growing up in the South because I feel like the South doesn't really teach you much about anything that's not the South. Like, that's making me feel like, what's my <laughs> excuse? Um, I didn't realize Ohio was that close to New York. We drove out to, actually we drove- Really? Yeah, we drove through Ohio because my boyfriend and I love doing road trips. Mm-hmm. We ended up going to Detroit, but we stopped in Cleveland. and. Before that, we drove, wow, so we drove from New York to my college roommate's wedding in North Carolina, from oh, North wow. Carolina, and by y'all, he's driving. Right, <laughs> I was like, God bless him. Well, I am marrying into this life. This is what my father prepared me for, you understand? Like, I'm just like my mom, like driving. He's right there. <laughs> why would I? Right. Now she makes me drive when I come visit. I'm like, my mom, why? Oh, no. I'd I rather, uh, if it's between me and my mom driving someplace, depending on where we going, I'd rather drive because now my mama does like, she used to drive like I feel like I drive now, but now she does like the senior citizen driving. God, I love you, ma. And it's like, <laughs> girl, you just, you just not as. Now my mama be used to be. The thing, and I'm like, we're not even going fast. So what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, why are you holding on to the bar? It was Let just it a Don't be disrespectful, my like, leave me alone. We are safe. I can get us there and back. But yeah, I didn't realize it was that close. And um, Indiana, I feel like, is somewhere in, in the vicinity, in the, uh, the vicinity of like Ohio-ish. Um, um, it's not, I don't feel like it's as far as Michigan. And I could be lying this whole time. So I'm going to just let it go. Back <laughs> moving and traveling as a kid. That was me with Arkansas. Like, I, because I just moved back to Atlanta in like February. And so I did a road trip. Because when I moved there, I drove. And then when I came back, I drove. And so we're going through all these states. And I was like, oh, Arkansas right next to Tennessee? Did I know that? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know because I realized we were in Arkansas. And then Memphis, because we were stopping in Memphis as our last stop, was right, is right across some river. That's right by Arkansas. And I was like, what? But I also realized Arkansas got a lot of Confederate flags when I was driving through. And I was like, I didn't really know much about Arkansas, but I don't know if I want to come back. Yeah. I was like, like, we're not stopping for gas here, guys. (laughs) We're just going to keep five of them on that drive that I counted just from the highway. Oh, if it was through Virginia? Oh, definitely. We did from uh, North Carolina up to Kentucky because my best friend, God bless her, poor baby, lives out in Kentucky. Bubblefuck Kentucky at that. Ooh, so no. we drove. She's like two hours from um, two hours from like Nashville. 
Mm. So she's on that end of Kentucky, not too far. And she's also not that far from Cincinnati. I feel like she's about four hours from Cincinnati, I think, because my previous car, the engine died in Cincinnati and God bless her. She was going to drive to Cincinnati to empty out my shit in the car (laughs) and pick up my plates. And so I mailed her my key and then like, Somehow it wasn't at the garage where it was. Oh it was lord! A fucking mess, but... <laughs> that sounds a hot mess. Hmm. <laughs> well, that is done and over with. Like, You're beyond it. Uh... <laughs> but so, how was that road trip from Atlanta <laughs> to LA, LA to Atlanta? How long did it take you? So we, so when I moved out to LA, we did it in like three days. We was like, we was speeding. It was like twelve hours each day the first two days, and then eight hours the last day because we went from atlanta to oklahoma city then oklahoma city to albuquerque and then albuquerque to la but on this on this time back i stretched it out a little because i'm like i'm in no rush i ain't got no job i work for myself (laughs) i love that you know and so my friends came with me but i'm like okay we're gonna just do this week because y'all actually got jobs and y'all taking time off right you don't have a normal time schedule so we went from LA. So we stopped in Vegas the first night, just to have like a fun first night. Right. And then after Vegas, it's where it goes downhill because we were supposed to go from Vegas to Albuquerque and my dumb self. So we look at, you know, the, I'm mapping everything out. I'm like, okay, we're supposed to go on this highway. And I was like, oh, this, there's a road closure in between, you know, uh, Las Vegas and Albuquerque. And I was like, okay, we'll just take another route. And I was like, oh, maybe there's a road closure from like, you know, construction or something. Meanwhile, my friend's like, I think it might be snowing. You know, we should probably check the weather. We get stuck in a snowstorm in Arizona, northern Arizona, which I didn't realize it snows, but I guess because it's right, northern Arizona is like right up by like Utah, which I also didn't know. I'm like, see, this is why other countries make fun of us because why is no geography? Why don't I know? But I'm like, it's 50 states, y'all. Do y'all know all the countries in Europe? Okay, do you know? It's fair. That is fucking fair. It's a lot. It's a lot. Starting to feel dumb, and it's it's quite a few of them. So them. I don't know where none of these are. Like I'm, you know like, what? I'm a coach. As they call this, aperture and all that other kind of stuff. So you know, I do. What? I do. The states don't need to be that high up on I be, I be regional topography and the weather and shit. So right, because I'm like our states are the size of y'all country. So like, not too much on us, okay? Because mm-hmm. every day on Twitter. European Twitter be getting on us, and I'm like, y'all need to leave us alone because you need a passport as your daily ID, and I don't. Right. Because they're like, why don't y'all Americans got passports? And I'm like, because we have driver's licenses to get around each state. And I'm like, y'all need a passport to go to the next town over if you want to board town. Like, it's different over here. Yeah, we're good. Right. Well, not too much on us. But yeah, so we were in driving through Arizona, and so we had to take like the scenic route. So we're all up in these like mountains and cliffs and stuff. And I was like, okay, it's not too bad. So, you know, it's a little cold. And then, you know, the snow starts coming. We're in this, like, giant mountain. I was like, we probably shouldn't have needed to drive through this if we were going to go on the right highway. But because there was a road closure because of the snowstorm, I was like, maybe I should should have, you know, checked the weather a little better. And then night comes, and then it gets blizzardy. So we in the car going, like, 15 miles an hour. And so I, I was driving the entire day because we were supposed to, like, kind of switch off after, like, probably, like, four or so hours. But I'm like... I don't think y'all can, this is my car. I'm going to just drive it because I'm the most comfortable. Mm-hmm. No kind of snow tire. It's just me and my little Hyundai. Like, God help. Are you there, God? It's me, Aspen. I know we don't talk a lot, but hello. But I was like, you know what, God, Muhammad, um, 
Buddha, whoever listening, universe, whoever out there, somebody listen, please. Whoever is on the line. Whoever, whoever picks up right now. I know all y'all up there, like somebody listen, Lords, but you know, we eventually made it to Albuquerque. Oh, thank God. Well, I'm like, to you now, so yeah. Like 11 o'clock at night, so we were just like, we're just going to go to bed. Because each city, we were like, oh, let's go somewhere cute to eat or whatever. We are like, no, we just go to sleep for dinner that night. Like, we just lucky we made it. But yeah. my car looked crazy. So for the rest of the road trip, my car has, like, snow packed all on it. So by the time we get to, like, Tennessee, people are like, where did you come from where there was snow? And I was like, don't even, yeah. don't even worry about it. Like, we just, we're just glad to be alive. <laughs> we're just glad to be here. <laughs> but I was very stressful road trip. But, you know, after we got out of, you know, Arizona and into like Albuquerque. It was like smooth sailing after that. So I was like, you know, we just had a you know, have a little fun. Little detour, <laughs> a little life risking. No big well, deal. We made like, it. Yeah, we made it. You know, we can say we we survived the snowstorm in Arizona. We so question, say- as a professional photographer, how does that affect it like your or has it affected your personal desire for photo- photography? Like do you still enjoy taking pictures like for yourself, with friends, with family and stuff like that, like for a road trip like that, because you do it professionally, like, do people just assume that you're going to be jump behind the camera and take pictures of everything? Or do you just not feel as inclined because you do it or because you do it or because you love it is why you do it? Like, how, how do you feel about it? I feel like with my family, they see it more like, oh, like you do this because you love it. Like you should want to take all our family events. And I'm like, actually, no, <laughs> like I've had to like kind of, have boundaries with family about like things that I'm willing to shoot or things that I'm willing to shoot for free. Cause I think just because I, you know, I do this for work and I do, and I love what I do. Like I, you know, I still gotta make money y'all. I can't shoot like everybody's vow renewal in birthday party and stuff. And I'm like, that's just not the type of stuff I like to like shoot. Plus when I'm attending it, I want to like be with the family. Like I want to be in the photo. Yeah. Right. Like I don't, I don't want to be today. Right. Like I want to be in the in the ceremony. Like from my aunt's vow renewal, I like shot that as a present to her. So I was like, okay, for like things that I volunteer, but I'm like, I don't like people trying to volunteer me for like free stuff. I'm like, nah, this ain't how this works. My like, don't tell your friends and this. Aspen shoots baby showers and stuff. Don't do that. Yeah. I'm like, I shoot with brands and magazines and you know influencers and stuff. Like these who I shoot. Unless with. it's a Gerber baby shower. And I'm Literally. getting Gerber money, then I mean, maybe not for me. Just right. I'm like, unless this is a brand, unless Target, you know, call me right. Target. No. <laughs> <laughs> I spent enough money there. Y'all can, y'all can cut me a check. So last question I have for you. What? And it just flew my mind. Nope. There it is. It's there. So what happened now that I've already asked about your travel as a youth, what is Aspen the adult? like to do for travel like what is your travel style now how do you end where have you taken like your best photos in your own personal um in your own personal travels Ooh, so i really started probably traveling at least internationally in like 2021 so i went to so my family's from on my mom's side's from belize so i went to belize for the first time i was so excited because i was like oh i get to see where you know meet family members that i've never met before that like didn't move to the states so i really love kind of like traveling in like Central America, the Caribbean, like that type of stuff. Like one of my goals is like, I want to go to like every island in the Caribbean and like take cool photos there, eat all their food. Like I want all the, you know, rice and peas. I want all the plantain. I want all the, you know, fresh mangoes. Like I just, I want it all. So I feel like my travel style is really guided by like food and like culture. 
And so, like, for my birthday trip coming up to Japan, I've, like, really been interested in, like, Japanese culture since I was a kid, and, like, Japanese food. So I feel like that really is really what, like, fuels my travel. It's like, some people are more, like, adventure travelers, like, but you're not going to see me ziplining in Costa Rica. I don't do heights. I'm not going to be hiking, like, mm-mm. That's exactly where I did the best ziplining. <laughs> says. Every time I see photos of Costa Rica, people are ziplining. I'm like, listen. It looks so amazing, but like it's, I can't do it. Like I see people on like the Bali swing, I'm like, that'll be enough to take a photo of, but I'm, it's not. Mm-mm. The Lord made for me to be on the ground. <laughs> but it's wild because I am. I, I won't say I'm afraid of heights, but I'm. I'm. I am a bit height averse. You know no, I'm definitely afraid of heights. Like, and when I was okay. in Utah for that work trip recently, I was like, we kind of on the ski lift. So we were in we were in Moab, Utah. So it was like we were doing like off roading and stuff during oh, the East okay, Jeep. So we were like like cliff climbing and stuff, but like with the jeeps. And I was like, I'm glad I'm not driving. I'm just here taking the photos. But I'm like, you going a little fast, girl? Like you know, this cliff ain't no wheels over here. I was such a mom during that trip. I was like, so safety. And she's like, we'll be fine. And I'm like, will we? Sure. Are you sure? Because she's like, I want to see us flip over some jeeps. And I was like. Can we do that when I'm not in a car? Right. I will get the shots. I will get the video of you flipping it. But you know, you, you do that. <laughs> I was like, mm-mm. I was like, so I need where to can, ground safe. <laughs> where can the people find you? And where can the brands? Not, yes, not brand. wink, wink, lean. <laughs> where can the brands find you to hire? And then where can the people see your work? And where can the people see where to refer you to based on your work to the brands oh yes you can go to my website which is aspensierra.com or aspensierrapotography.com and you know the sierras with a c because i'm named after aspen the city and then the sierra mountains but they changed it from an s to a c because my dad wanted me to have the same initials because i'm ace so oh that's nice right i was like you know i feel like my name is already a brand i was like thank you daddy you did something right look at you oh Oh, dads are great. Nice call, dad. So Aspen, thank you so much for showing us that travel can be so much more than vacation. It can be part of your work style. It can be part of your lifestyle. And I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and I'll fuck with y'all next week. Bye.